0: This is a HeadGum Original.
1: Welcome to The Goat Show, the show where we find the greatest everything of all time. I'm your host, Jake, a.k.a. The Big Buck, a.k.a. Billy Goat Gruff, a.k.a. Lord Goatwitz of House Goat, a.k.a. The
0: Goat in the North. I'm your host, Micah, a.k.a. Goaty the Kid, a.k.a. The Young Buck, a.k.a. John Goat. And on today's episode, we're going to find
1: the greatest Game of Thrones episode of all time. Oh yeah, baby. Oh Two yeah. Nicknames.
0: Two nicknames today.
1: Yeah the uh the go to the north gets too you know yeah lord goatwitz of house goat of house goat that's like really good yeah um, and the and, goat of the and, north yeah and and lord goatwitz's uh tiny little butler malcolm the unfunny goat <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's not what i said i was this time but yeah, but it's gonna kind of carry over for you, unfortunately. Fine. Malcolm makes really, an appearance on every
0: episode. I really hope that wouldn't be the case, but fine. Malcolm, that's pleasure why. to have you here, Melk. Thanks. Um, we're talking about Game of Thrones episodes today. Yeah, this is the this is the episode of the show that we were born born to make. It's kind of the two year anniversary of like when the last season was airing. Oh, yeah. Wow. I think, I think it ended in, like, May of 2019. So we're, okay. we're, we're kind of coming up on that time.
1: Yeah, and so I we're, like, in we, the
0: middle. And I think it's very interesting that we're talking about it, because you, you actually loved the last
1: season. <laughs> oh, don't even. <laughs> Do not even. I, I have very publicly spoken out against the last season. I thought the last, se- <laughs> the last season was a farce. It was mm-hmm. It was awful. Very few good moments in that last season. The last season, it it really, it's it speaks to how good the first six and a little bit of the seventh season were, that the eighth season could be as bad as it did, and I still like the show. Really? Yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I think that's a more optimistic
0: way to look at it, because I was going to say... It speaks to how bad the last season is because I had trouble rewatching some of these episodes because yeah. I knew where it was going to end.
1: It all, it did almost ruin the show. You it have to like, you have to separate them. some of the
0: earlier episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's
1: hard. It's hard though. I think the, I mean, one, the one bright spot for me is that the books are, the books are still coming out. I still love the books. The books are in a different place than the TV show. The TV show made me stop reading the books. Wow, they really did you a disservice. They did you a disservice. They did you dirty. They I did have. all of us dirty. I feel like the what was happening for the people that made that show was the opposite of what was happening for the fans. Like for us, it was all ramping up into this big crescendo, like this final last season. Mm-hmm. And for everyone that was involved in making the show, it seemed like they had their foot halfway out the door. They're rushing to wrap things up. And they just, right. they want to be done and move on. There was there was no way they could have met our expectations
0: unless they no. cared about it as much as the fans did. And no one did.
1: But you, and yeah, you, you and I were on the Reddit threads. Like I was reading all of the different predictions. I was like in all of those like uh, fantasy pools where we like drafted <laughs> uh, characters in the show, like who are going to have epic lines or like savage deaths and stuff. Like everybody yeah. was spinning our wheels and we we are, the predictions we had and we read seemed like they were better than what the show decided to do. I read some really awesome ones. Yeah, you shared <laughs> them. Read with it. Me. <laughs> yeah. I subscribed to
0: so many fan theory YouTube channels that I had to quickly unsubscribe from as soon as it was, the show ruined them for
1: me. It was all we talked about. It was all we talked about yeah. and it was all we thought about. We would just be like walking down the street and we'd be like, is, is Jamie gonna kill Cersei? Like why? Like he, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go to King's Landing, and like it was just constantly. We would on like our get. Mind.
0: We would get drunk at bars and talk about it, sipping whiskey, and it was ex- it was so fun. Yeah. It was Will so the Valonqar
1: prophecy be fulfilled? <laughs>
0: um, but yeah. So we decided to rewatch some of our favorite episodes and some of our least favorite
1: episodes. Yeah, and we revisited that. the season. It's something that I feel like I, I re I, I revisit aspects of Game of Thrones like all the time. So, uh, but it was nice to go back deliberately and and try to think about like the best moments because so much like over eight seasons, so much happened in that show. And sometimes when you read the episode recaps or when you like watch an episode, you're almost blown away by like how much they were able to pack into one episode and. It almost makes you resent uh, season eight where like they, you know, you, you know that they could pack a lot in and, and then they still packed a lot in, but in a bad way. I don't know. It's, it's such a, it's a bizarre thing that happened.
0: Yeah. I think the, well, the first six seasons felt very like, like slow moving, but like deliberate and everything that happened was like earned and justified and every character decision Mm -hmm. uh, was like understood and sort of shocked you, but also made you feel like inspired. And then the last season they rushed through everything. They brought characters' journeys to weird places that were not
1: justified um in order to end the story. Right. Just to subvert expectations too. Like to wrap up the story and also to turn like to spin like put things on their head and be like, oh, that's not what you thought was going to happen. It's like, yeah, that's not what I thought what was going to happen. Cause you transcribed what the character was like for 10 years so yeah that's not what i thought was gonna happen that's not what should happen you fuck um but i'm not still mad all right so we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna talk about the the greatest episode as always we are judging each episode on three categories malcolm what are they they are the thrills
0: the chills and the fills i love it what are the thrills the thrills are the moments of excitement, the fighting, the battles. What gets mm-hmm. your heart rate up? Does it amp you up? What are the chills um that's does it move you? Is there mm-hmm. uh really awesome dialogue things that are said, decisions that are made uh that just make you feel hopeful and good. Does it give you those goose bumpies and what are the fills um that's how it uh moves the story along and how it how it does justice to the
1: to the character to the character Mm -hmm. arcs, um, to the plot points. Those big earned moments are things fulfilled and are they fulfilling? Um, So with that, let's jump right into Malcolm's, I'm going to guess, derailment of the show.
0: Sure. Yeah, I do have a a quick derailment. And this one is a little bit more productive than the typical derailments. I'm not going to throw it
1: off. I'm going to just pose a question to you. Okay. Um, that sounds that sounds great, actually, Malcolm. It doesn't it sounds for you, it sounds kind of funny, even though you're the man. unfunny goat. It's know? not funny, actually. Okay. It's, it's quirky. Funny. Malcolm it's the serious. quirky goat. All right. It's not
0: really quirky either. It's kind of just like serious. Right. I said productive is what I said.
1: Okay. Fine. Don't Malcolm, put a label the Unfunny on it goat. You. Go ahead. Go. I was trying to give <laughs> yeah, you sure something it's... to work with, Malcolm, but you don't deserve it. I, I won't accept
0: it. I won't accept <laughs> it, but I appreciate it. Um after Game of Thrones ended. I know Mm. both of us were filled with a sort of void emptiness because Game of Thrones was no longer part of our lives and the story was ruined. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So what is a show that you can turn to um, that will fill you with the same good qualities Game of Thrones filled you with in its earlier seasons uh, to Mm. sort of replace and fill that void? Peaky fucking blinders. Peaky blinders.
1: It's peaky blinders. Yeah, that's the answer
0: but you you think that's the same cat. I agree that it's a great show. You think it's the same category of like,
1: yeah, I think it's life and death on the line, power, family, politics, mistrust, intrigue, all that stuff. And great British accents. Oh yeah. I like it. Thank you. Great answer. Appreciate it. Sweet. Well, I guess with that said, we can get into the show. Whoa! That was such a minor derailment. Really tiny, like a little. Speaker. I started watching don't you Vikings answer... recently. Right. Okay, <laughs> I <see. laughs> I was going to invite you to answer, but there you go, uh, <sighs> Vikings. And you like it, right?
0: I like it all right. It's definitely kind, kind of bad mm-hmm. in some aspects, but um, it, it for me it feels it, it scratches the same itch that Game of Thrones scratched, where it was like these cool epic stories and and battles right. and really awesome cinematic shots. Um, and it's all about, like, Vikings. So there's, like, a bunch of Norse mythology woven in. That's they cool. They talk about the the gods, Thor, and Loki. And it's just, it's cool. It transports yeah. you to, like, a different fantasy world. And it's just, it's fun. Fun to watch. How many seasons is it?
1: I think six. All right. I, uh, the you, t- you told me you were watching it. The other night, I almost almost convinced jill to watch the first episode but it didn't take so i think i don't think jill will like it yeah that's unfortunate because whenever i want to watch a show like that she's like oh like that's something you can watch on your own like you can watch that on your own time and i'm like i don't when do i i don't ever have alone time to watch tv that's not i can't think of any time that's happened it used to be when i would like fly or something but now all right yeah <laughs>
0: Or when Joe would have like events out, but now right. those no. aren't things anymore.
1: The, like uh, the only reason she has time to watch TV is because I sometimes report record podcasts at night. So that's when she gets her time. <laughs> I don't get my time. When I'm not recording should, a podcast, that's when we watch TV together. You should draw yourself a bath. Hmm.
0: That's true. I and bring a bring a laptop in there.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's actually not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Okay. I have been watching um a Tottenham Hotspur documentary in the bath. The, that's usually mm. my go-to. Oh,
0: nice. Where's yeah. that on?
1: Uh, Amazon. All or nothing. Tottenham Hotspur on their 2019 season. Wow. I'm gonna have to watch great. that. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, okay. Okay, now we actually have to get into the show for fucking real. Um, and we start every episode off seamlessly with the, the
0: WOT.
1: This is the worst, the worst Game of Thrones episode. And, you know, there were a lot to choose from in season eight. There were a lot (laughs) to choose from. Uh, But we were able, I think, to narrow it down. Uh, What's the answer, Michael? The Iron Throne, the ultimate
0: episode, season Mm. eight, episode six. Yeah.
1: Um, This is the episode where... Uh, spoilers ahead, I guess, but you already knew that. It's the episode where John kills Daenerys. Uh, it's the episode where Bran is uh, given the throne. And it's the episode where, um, uh, I guess, Sansa becomes queen of the north and Arya goes on adventure. John goes beyond the wall, etc., cetera, et cetera. Things get wrapped up. Things, mm-hmm. things all get uh, tied up in a little um, inelegant bow and sent off. <laughs> yeah it's just it's a bad ending to an epic story yeah i think that's really what it, it's the if the last season is like just kind of a fucked up sentence this is just the period at the end of that like messy little run-up yeah. sentence. so let's, i think let's take let's take the the the
0: biggest the most dishonorable thing the show did to one of the characters
1: mm-hmm. is what they did to the protagonist john Snow. Really? I thought you were going to say the most dishonorable thing they did to one of our characters was the queen, Daenerys. They wronged well, every character in this. They wronged everybody. Um, but yeah, they, they, they robbed Jon Snow of his birthright, I suppose. I think, it's, I think they, they
0: really robbed Jon Snow. I, I mean, yeah, they, it was also a big d- dishonoring that they did to Daenerys. But well, Jon walk me, Snow— walk me, through how they, walk me through how they fucked over Snow. They sent seasons leading up to why Jon Snow is the prince that was promised. Mm-hmm. They revealed that he is the true heir to the Iron Throne. Right. Which which becomes central and then doesn't matter to the rest of the story. Or and the then ending. matters not. Yes. And then matters not at all. mm mm-hmm. They have him do one of the hardest things at the end too, which is killing the queen because she's going mad. Mm-hmm um and then they banish him to the north with uh where he has to lead a life with seemingly no purpose. The last mm. se- season is just him like going out beyond the wall.
1: Yes. And it's oh my good lord. The he he also like I feel like the I'll just like say the devil's advocate um argument there. Jon Snow does not want the Iron Throne. Um, And going north beyond the wall and living um, a life among the free folk is like, in theory, what he wants. So that's like what he gets to do after his lifetime of work. You get to be uh, a free person in the north. But the, the logic of not wanting the throne is exactly... One of the reasons why they give it to Bran, also, it's like he doesn't want it. Well, that's why you should have it. It's like, okay. Well, also, Jon Snow doesn't want it and is a hero, and there, there are other reason, which is like, we're this is breaking the wheel. We're gonna have Bran. We're gonna have like the king, um, kind of like chosen every single year is not even breaking the throne because Tyrion says the lords and ladies of Westeros. So it's still like the same eight fucking families that choose the king instead of one family that has the king yeah. born every single time. Like the the wheel's pretty intact. Nothing's <laughs> happened to the wheel. Yeah, nothing has changed that much. And then and Bran
0: becoming the king. The one the one character that you are trained to be emotionally detached to because he mm-hmm. has no emotions.
1: Right. He can't become the king. He's the three-eyed raven. Like, he already became a thing that that was the completion of his story. And
0: Tyrion has this, like, lame speech at the end where he's just like, and nothing's more important than stories.
1: Yeah. It's like, st- what? <laughs> nothing's more important than stories. And, like, as, and he, as he says, like, the person with the best story. Brand, Like, Sansa just turned... I th- I don't even think that, like, definitely the showrunners didn't intend this, but the way Sansa turns to Brand to look at him, like, conveys a, what the fuck are you talking about? This guy has a better story than me. Like, everyone around that table has an insane story. Sam, like, ran from his dad, killed a White Walker, found that Dragonglass was, like, what would defeat the army. Like, his story is insane. He cured uh Jorah of Grayscale. Um, Brienne of Tarth, insane story, Sansa, incredible story, Arya, incredible story. Even like them making fun of uh the Tully uncle dude. His story was pretty insane. He like marries a Frey and gets imprisoned and all this shit. Like, everyone has Tyrion has an insane story. Grey Worm has an insane story. Uh the idea that they just choose whose story was the most interesting, and that's the the person that rules, is it's nonsensical. It's bizarre, and it's brand the broken. Yeah, a person whose story <laughs> whose story I legitimately did not look forward to week to week. When they would flash the brand north of the wall, I'd be like, "Well, this is going to be fucking boring." His story wasn't good. No,
0: no, it really wasn't. Um, yeah, he wasn't anybody. I don't think anybody wanted him to be king. Like they spent years making everybody either like i would have been satisfied with john being king daenerys being queen Mm -hmm. sansa Tyrion, like those four would have all been good choices
1: yeah and that's what should have happened i think that the i mean we'll get to it when we go through the the um the categories i guess but one other thing though like they go around They basically plan this weird, not plan, but like a weird little coup happens where they all choose that Bran is going to be the king. And then Sansa, the last vote, says that the North is going to be um, independent. And then the music just drops. And it's like, yeah, this would be an insane discussion that they have to have a debate. But then the music just swells again. And Tyrion is like, king of the six kingdoms. And you're like, oh, that's just... that's just lazy writing like like does it yeah wouldn't anyone else want to reconsider at that point yeah well sorry i didn't know we were going to elect brand the king and then immediately his sister was going to say that uh they that winterfell is independent and the king was going to agree because he's the brother of the queen like you could see how that headline would turn like rub people the wrong way a very like tenuous uh coalition to begin with like a huge council of people who've all like killed each other's families um there's also an
0: earlier season where Yara asked if the Iron Islands could be their own independent kingdom to Daenerys (laughs) that was part of the reason for their allyship
1: oh yeah and then she just like doesn't care anymore (laughs) at this in this scene yeah she like looks a little uncomfortable but it's like oh I already voted aye I don't know what to do
0: why, and why does she care about Bran? Why does anyone care about Bran? Why would anyone say I in that? Mo- like, there are just like awesome battle commanders and people that like, th- and Arya who killed the Night King. Like, yeah, huge players, and they're voting for Bran.
1: Yeah, it really, it does not make sense, and it's, it's still one of those things where like, if if it is going to be brand, like, it just wasn't earned. Like, when I, I think if you, like, read, I guess if you read the footnotes and you find out what everyone did, um, you can kind of be like, I, I guess I understand that, but, like, it, it was just not, like, telegraphed in a meaningful way that made you, that made you believe that was, like, the right ending at all. Mm-hmm. And even, and that's being kind of generous because, like, looking at that like list of where everyone ends up, I think I would still be like, what the fuck is Bran doing on the Iron Throne? That doesn't make any sense. Like Bran should clearly be, if anything, like a hand of the king or like yeah. um, a, the high sparrow or something like. Yeah, he, well, I think he's the three eyed
0: raven. <laughs> <laughs> this was yeah. the, this is the ending that George, like George R.R. Martin is having so much trouble trying to get to. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. told the, the showrunners or whatever, like this is, this is where everyone's going to end up. And they couldn't figure out how to do it either.
1: Right. Well, they couldn't no, figure they out failed how to do it in one season. Yeah, they did.
0: They, yeah. They, they face just, I mean, they should have taken their time. They should have just taken their time with it.
1: Yeah. It could have just, I wonder, I don't know if they could. What I think they should have done is just given us a happy ending. Like, there's no reason that they needed to make the show, like, Twist your expectations in the way that they did. It seemed like they were just trying to mess with, like, just confuse everybody. In the end, that's what it seemed like. And after the roller coaster of Game of Thrones, I just think that we all deserved to watch John and Daenerys live happily ever after. That would have yeah, been the. Right we didn't thing need do. John. We didn't need that twist at the end where John kills Daenerys. Yeah, because I think the show is like all about like the highs and the lows, and like you. You know, you watch your favorite characters die, but then you also get to watch, like, um, Joffrey choke to death at his own wedding. And that's, like, fucking, you, you get that great payoff. And I think that the the moment of catharsis that we were all waiting for was, like, happily ever after. You guys uh, sit on the Iron Throne for generations. It's great. Uh, your kids are all good, people. That's what I wanted to see. That's why I stuck around as long as I did. But nope, they
0: couldn't, they couldn't do us that. Um, so I guess let's, should we go through the three categories?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess we kind of already trashed it, but let's, uh, let's go through the thrills. Are there any thrills this episode? I, I when, when John stabs Daenerys, I guess that is a thrill. So I of. guess it's, it's what has to happen. So you sort of know, I think, oh, you know that, actually there's
0: one, there's one good moment in this. Tell me when the dragon burns down the Iron Throne.
1: Do you think that's a good moment? I think that's cool. I think it's cool, but it also just means, it's one of those things that they just like, they threw in after the fact, because it means nothing. Why does the dragon know what the fucking throne is? that's just like it's it's one of those things that like paint the picture of the end of the episode like the iron throne is melted by dragon um that's cool but because the dragon is angry it decides to burn the throne instead of john just doesn't it doesn't make any what's drogon's motivation there right and Drogon understands that the throne was the seat of power that drove danny to her madness oh my god drogon's really smart (laughs) It's also not like he's fed up with, like, the this, this system either
0: because another king just gets elected right after that. Yeah. So nothing really changes. Um,
1: all right. Never mind. <laughs> Great. Zero thrills.
0: <laughs> I think
1: everything, all of the ups and downs this episode, like, they just had to happen. And they had to happen because of, like, the shitty things that the writers did in the last season. All right. So, but no thrills. Zero fucking golden horns uh chills are there any chills they tried to make some chills with uh Tyrion's speech Tyrion's speech is so bad multiple times i think when he the his first speech is
0: when he when john goes and visits him in prison which is like also how do they allow that how do mm-hmm. they allow that conspiracy like conspiracy to happen
1: yeah the, gu- the guards are like yeah 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 uh he should be able to visit Tyrion. that's fine
0: he just goes in there for 30 minutes um Tyrion's speech is like supposed to be moving and it's just so, it just misses a mark so many times. Well, at one moment he goes, he's like, "Like, what would you have done if you were up? Uh, Tyrion asks John, what would you have done if you were up on that dragon and you heard the bells ringing? Would you burn down the city? Um, and then John's like, what, what would it matter what I would do? And then Tyrion says, it matters more than anything. <laughs> it's like what that that matters more than anything. What he would hypothetically do if he were in that situation,
1: like, yeah, that's, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of lines that they're just like at a certain point, like at, in season eight, everybody just becomes like a cartoon. So they have, they just have to speak in epic lines or how lines. did somebody, how did somebody look over the script and like just
0: okay that. It's crazy, Um, but and then yeah, then like the the and then when they're chanting Brand the Broken, like kind of in the same fashion that they would chant King in the North in earlier seasons.
1: Yeah, like that's like the first time that they give him that mean spirited nickname, right? (laughs) Like it's not like he's been called Brand the Broken the entire series. Like to nominate someone for king, he could be anything else they don't have to really lean into him like not being able to walk that's so <laughs> that's so crazy right like brand the spirit three-eyed raven. i don't brand the raven that works Brand needs flaky. to be an, alliter, an alliteration brand the brave brand's kind of brave uh brand the brain dead <laughs> that would also be pretty mean spirited mm, that's true um but yeah just not moving at all no it did not stir the chills. Um, and now let's let's get into the fills. Let's let's dig in there. Was it uh, fulfilling in any way? The main character, the protagonist, the person we've been fighting for, the
0: the one, the one in in every moment of like tragedy throughout the series. You can always sort of look to Jon Snow as the mm. protagonist, the prince that was promised, the one the one that's always there to make you feel a little hopeful and more optimistic Azura High they banish him because of a crime he did to an invade to grayworm who mm-hmm. isn't part of the seven kingdoms right <laughs> <laughs> who did uh, yeah. something who who was banished because of something that he did at the request of the hand of the king
1: yeah, that's fucking. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. Like to go from, I think it's the last episode of season seven, where Sam is like explaining who John is, um, like as they're like showing John in the ship, like going into Danny's cabin and they like have sex or whatever. You know, like the the true king, the the, the Targaryen or whatever. Like flash that to season eight where he just like gets sent away from the kingdom after after like amassing i the two characters that they wronged the most in the show are john and danny like yeah danny spent all of her storyline freeing slaves and being good to common people and like wanting to rule for good and she like did um you know she did bad things but for a greater good that was like her vibe she wasn't like violent but she would do what was necessary uh to to serve a a, a good cause and john all he cared about was what was best for humanity they had that in common john like broke the um or like bartered the alliance with like the wildlings and the night's watch he like defied orders, but only because he saw the threat of the army of the dead, you know, and to basically make like all of John's work to create the army in the North that stops the long night and for Danny, like to raise her dragons, to free people in the East to come over and then have all of it just blow up. Arya kills the night king by swinging from a tree like tarzan, Danny goes crazy and burns all of king's landing. It's just not what was transcribed. It's not that's not <laughs> what was promised.
0: 7 seasons building up the 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 long night, the epic battle, the long winter to end in a single night by just getting
1: stabbed by Arya. And like it's another one of those things where like Arya killing the Night King on its face, that's cool. But you want to have, like, Jon Snow was basically pinned down behind a wall from Dragonfire the entire time. Like, you want to have the, all of the work that everyone did, all of the death that everyone suffered to, like, w- to work together to have this moment happen. Like, yeah, Jon kills the dragon. Jorah um, stops a horde from getting to Arya uh basically like just create the space for Arya to kill the night king not just like everyone's fucked everyone's dead your army meant nothing you actually fucked up john uh oh no here's Arya stab everyone's saved it's it's not fulfilling in any way Un- unwarranted consequences unwarranted unwanted i'm still peeved i'm still pissed let's move on to let's move on to better things <laughs> I need to, I need to focus on the positive. Uh, How about the weather? Oh, the budget
0: pick. Yeah. In this case, in this case, we, we, since they're all sort of the same (laughs) price to watch, (laughs) we went a different way.
1: Um, We chose an episode that's in one of the earlier seasons. Right, so you get a big payoff for not a ton of time investment. Like, you could watch up to this episode on a free trial, no problem.
0: Exactly. Um, so, we chose an episode in the first season. What is that episode, Jake? It's episode nine, season one, Baylor. Baylor. This is an epic episode. Um, mm. I Want me to give you a quick recap of what happens? Please do. Um, so if you'll remember ned stark is imprisoned for treason against king joffrey Mm -hmm. um rob is trying to cross at the twins Jon snow has just rescued lord commander mormont from the whites that um that uh emerge in castle black and then he's gifted longclaw which is lord mormont's family sword valyrian steel Um, Rob outsmarts the Lannisters and he sends his forces to fight uh, the dad Lannister. Tywin? Tywin Lannister. Um, but he d- takes most of his forces to Whispering Wood, where mm-hmm. he captures Jamie Lannister, which is sort of like an ultimate battle move. And now he has leverage against the Lannisters. Right. Um, goes dying. That's not that exciting. Um, mm-hmm. And then the last scene is when Ned Stark is beheaded. That's right.
1: And I think that's why, that's why we chose this episode. There's a lot of good stuff happening, happening. but really, this is where Game of Thrones reveals that that thing that they're willing to do that actually ultimately is their undoing, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be negative. But uh, when they they kill off their titular character, the most famous, and I think at this time, not enough people had read the books to know that this was happening at all. It's kind of baffling, to be honest, that like, so much of the books were out, and people still didn't know. Like the spoilers, really were protected, which is cool. Um, but yeah, they. It it was one of those moments where you're like watching. You're like, how is Ned going to get out of this one? What's like the the last minute escape? What's this? What's the twist going to be? Um, mm-hmm. And then no. And the fa- and when they show when they show that that nobody is safe on the show, that's when the stakes really get raised as a fan um and you really start to want Joffrey dead you start to like see you start to get super invested
0: it's like I mean it's unheard of no other show would do this would kill off the main character like this so Mm -hmm. like I think at this point they like they had their fans like invested enough to care about how this was going to be justified in the end like how are they gonna how are they gonna take everybody's character on an arc and and figure out a way um, to like make this tragedy warranted and make yeah. you ultimately feel good about it and feel like his his
1: death did like serve a purpose for the story, it puts a lot of trust in the process to basically be like the guy that was on every single billboard, the most famous actor in the show at the time uh is dead now, and you guys have to watch season two because you care about the rest of the characters that we introduced, mm-hmm. and yeah they were right it's like and a, we did it's a fuck it's a big risk it's a big mm-hmm. risk and
0: it's what made this show special like they would kill off your favorite characters but they would still find a way to make it right, right. they'd still find a way to like to to make you feel like uplifted and hopeful in the end right. um and feel like all of their choices were were warranted
1: that's right and i think that's also putting this in in context with the end of the season like those those big moments those super high stakes they were all they all felt very very earned so let's go through the the thrills chills and fills T- tell me about the thrills the thrills i think it's thrilling when ned stark is beheaded
0: on mm-hmm. the stage your yeah. heart's racing um you obviously don't want it to happen it's
1: the stakes are high you're like they, they wouldn't do this they, they can't do this it's not going to happen
0: um there and then there's also the battle of the of rob stark at whispering wood capturing mm-hmm. jamie which is pretty epic that's right, and then I think as far as thrills go, those are the those are the moments. Those are the moments of heart racing, of adrenaline rushing. High um, thrills, high thrills for sure. Uh, tell me about the chills. Some great speeches in here. It opens with a scene. Um, Varys is speaking to Ned when he's imprisoned, and he's like tr- sort of trying to convince him to to like uh, plead for mercy with Joffrey and like mm-hmm. admit to treason, even though it's not treason. Nice. Um, And Ned has this awesome line where he says, "You think my life is some precious thing to me?" And then Varys is leaving, and he's like, "I don't like." um, I forget exactly what he says, but he's like, "Your life might not be precious, but what about the lives of your daughters?" Yeah, and that throws Ned for a fucking spin, and he's so conflicted because he is—he is this like super honorable person that that will never do the dishonorable thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he he comes becomes conflicted because his dishonor is sort of the honorable thing to do for his daughters so right. he doesn't know what to do because his family is everything but his, mm-hmm. on, his honor is everything
1: uh but yeah it's, i think it's super moving definitely um and i mean like the scene at baylor uh the sept where where ned is ultimately Headed is i guess like that's a mix of thrill and chills because it's it's very it's painful to watch you know you feel you feel so bad for sansa and aria um and the the acting is just so good too like even cersei who's like super fucking evil um at this moment you're like you realize that her plan was never to kill ned stark it's just to like keep power for herself and Joffrey's just such a fucking loose cannon. So you see like every, like Cersei and Sansa almost react the same way when Joffrey is like, bring bring me his head. They're just like, oh oh, shit. No, no, no. Um, And it's what starts the war of the
0: three kings.
1: Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint really what starts the war. Like, is it, it's Bran being thrown from the tower. That sets things into motion, you know? Um, Or it's Ned, like, Ned's commitment to his honor—that's like I'm—I'm going to tell on you, Cersei—that like starts it, or is it just like Robert Baratheon uh, venturing north? Like he never should have—he never should have gone to Winterfell. That would all right. That would have stopped everything. And there's so many. Oh, and like, and um, uh, Catelyn seizing Tyrion, like holding Tyrion hostage escalated everything. There's just so many moments where, where things got escalated. Basically everybody, (laughs) everybody had a hand. Um, all right. (laughs) And the, and the fills. Um, I, I mean, this is, I think this is what sets the
0: tone for the rest of the seasons of game of thrones. This is like what really ropes you in. And, and I think as like somebody watching the show, this is what really got me invested and like ready for the next season. Mm -hmm. Um, that's when they this is when they made me
1: like a lifelong fan of the series this one it it really shows you that there are consequences in game of thrones like Mm -hmm. ned ned basically being like i'm not on your side cersei like that got him killed and him him like confessing at the last minute it wasn't enough because but because he had made these choices earlier to to go with his honor like it's not like in the last minute he decided between his honor or not like he decided on his honor earlier and that set the trajectory mm-hmm. of, of this thing right yeah it's, it used to be so good <laughs> it really did and we'll talk about our favorite episodes when we come back And we're back, going to pass the hosting reins over to my unfunny goat brother, Malcolm. Welcome.
0: Welcome back to the second half of the goat show. I'm your host. We don't have to, I don't have to repeat the host thing again, I guess. Uh, Welcome to Malcolm. (laughs) Malcolm says welcome. Let me just quickly, season eight, there was a, remember there was a Starbucks cup in one of the scenes? Yes. Just another testament to just how little they cared. Yeah, Um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, In a fucking in a water bottle at one point, it was crazy.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. That's that's they fucked us over. I'm so I'm
0: so upset. No No one
1: cared as much as we did. Rewatching episode eight
0: like got me fucking heated. It really did. It's true. It's so fucked. Um, Anyway, let's talk about the The kids the runner yes. up,
1: the runner up, second best episode of Game of Thrones of all time. And this one actually tops a lot of lists. This one tops a lot of lists, but it's our runner up. What is it, Michael? And it was, I think, it was pretty close. Um, Battle of the Bastards. That's right. That is right. Uh, Battle of the Bastards is, of course, the uh, the fight between Ramsay Bolton and yeah, um, and Jon Snow, and also some others. <laughs>
0: it's season 6 episode 9 if anybody wants to go go check it out, rewatch it. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's that epic battle at Winterfell at at the Stark's ancestral home um, to take it from from Ramsay who was taken power there. That's right. Um, so they can they can find re, regain
1: control of the north. And let's jump right into these ratings Michael tell me about the thrills I think it's maybe the best battle of all of Game of Thrones it's maybe the best battle of any television show ever and I don't I guess maybe not even maybe I think it is clearly far and away the best um large-scale fight scene on any TV show ever I think I think that is true because Game of Thrones has
0: the best battles. And if it's the best battle of Game of Thrones, it makes it the best battle yeah. of all time. I would say um, so. Lord of the Rings maybe rivals it with the Minister to Earth uh, battle.
1: Yeah, that's, that's Deep. pretty good. Yeah, Helm's Deep and, and Minas to Earth are both good. But I also feel like because this one was made so recently, like I feel like if you watch... In the moments, those those battles were pro- felt probably better. But if you watch them like back to back to back, I feel like there's just like nothing nothing that compares. Like that moment where yeah. Jon Snow is just like st- standing in front of all of the charging horses with his sword out. It's like so fucking epic. It's so good. Yeah.
0: Even and then even when like th- they're sort of like in despair and you think they're gonna lose and they're in the center of the circle, they're just like uh, the Bolton army is just like closing them. in on them and they're yeah. just basically just suffocating in the center of that. Mm-hmm. Um it's just it's it's so it's so like well shot. It's really beautiful sequence.
1: Yeah. And I they basically lost like they he would have lost that battle had it not been for uh the riders of the veil vale, for Sansa, yeah. for Littlefinger. Yeah. I mean that
0: was epic. I think Sansa yeah sansa saving the north there i mean the thrills
1: the thrills are nonstop. uh i, I think it's also just like when when ramsey finally like retreats into like the gates of winterfell and one one breaks through and like he's just like firing the crossbow at john snow as john's like charging then john punches him in the face <laughs> it's yeah it's so good and it's like yeah well we'll get to it in, in the rest of it actually so tell me about the chills well, one other thing
0: i want to say about the thrills the whole episode has you on your on your toes uh in the battle of the bastards scene mm-hmm. or um battle but also in this episode is when the the slavers are attacking marine when danny's there mm. um and it's the same it's the same scene uh or the same episode I, the masters come to Danny and they're like we're here to discuss or Danny says we're here to discuss terms of surrender and then mm-hmm. sh- and then the masters are like it's simple you just surrender um and then we like take all of your army you come into our custody and then she's like no i not not to discuss our surrender your surrender and then they start laughing and then the dragons just emerge yeah is that the wait that's is that the introduction of like the full size dragons I think so. I think that's. I think that is. Yeah, it's so epic. Um, Or or it might actually there might be an earlier scene with the full size dragons. Got it. Yeah, they say they say your reign is over, and she says my reign has just begun. Good. And then she just burns burns all their ships. Thrills on thrills. Uh, Thrills on thrills. Um, So that's like another aspect of this awesome episode. But yeah, obviously the battle battle of the bastards is what shines the brightest
1: it's funny that like the the dragons um are, like the ships are no match for those dragons but then in season eight um you're in gray joy, just like kind of emerges with one ship and kills a dragon it's like oh my god we're you have a you have a fucking ship we're screwed you fired a fucking harpoon from your ship fuck out of here um yeah so the the chills the
0: chills uh I mean, I think chills are pretty high in this one as well. Um some awesome some awesome dialogue when Ramsey and Jon Snow and Sansa all meet like before the battle begins. I guess I guess that was just sort of like a custom where they would the leaders would talk and discuss before the they're like, So so we're gonna agree to meet here at yeah. six AM tomorrow and fight. Um <laughs> uh but They meet with Ramsey and then Jon Snow poses the question, how about we do this the old fashioned way? We fight one-on-one Yeah, um, and then we settle this here and now. And then Ramsey says, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know that I'd beat you, but I know my army will beat yours. And then Jon says, well, will your men want to fight for you when they realize that you wouldn't fight for them? God, just gets you heated and then Sansa yeah. says you're gonna die here tomorrow, Lord Bolton, and then just dashes away.
1: God, and then, yeah, I have the chills right now, even just recapping it. And then also when yeah. Sansa um uh, I and the like finally, finally her fucking comeuppance when she like yeah. just gives like your name will be forgotten. Yeah, let's let's talk about, I think that's the fills. Oh yeah, all right, cool. I, I, I mean that's, I was that's also, also I think the that chills. those, yeah, those the chills and the thrills are very they're very linked. You have to you have to like uh, be moved by something. You you have to be stirred for for to then be exciting with the with the payoff. But yeah, the I think you're right. The chills are super high. Um, Sansa's speech to uh, Ramsay Bolton before he gets eaten by his fucking dogs is incredible. You've been waiting for it's, that for Sansa's base, for her entire arc. She's been such a victim,
0: and he says he says like most. He says um. He says, I'm part, like, you can't get rid of me. I'm part of you now. Yeah. And then she said, and then she says, your name, your, your, your name will disappear. All memory of you will disappear.
1: Yeah. It's really like you, Sansa, you always get the last, uh, you get the last laugh when uh, your tormentor is eaten by dogs. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sansa, such- Sansa really fucking wins. It's very perfect.
0: Final nail in the coffin. And then mm-hmm. let's, uh let's, let's talk about the fills
1: um yeah the the Phil's i think we've been waiting for this battle battle for a really long time it had to be epic for it to pay off and it was yeah it absolutely was i think
0: i think sansa's like i think ramsey's character arc just comes to like the perfect conclusion
1: he's so hate
0: He's so hateable. Yeah. we spent so many seasons hating him like how how is how are the writers gonna justify this in the end? yeah, like how are they gonna make us okay with with what, how they've treated
1: how that treated type of us thing so was set up with Joffrey, where like you hate Joffrey so much, he like torments people, he tortures them, he's like he's a sociopath, and then you watch him like go green and red in the face and like choke on his own spit and like and that's like yes it's i've been waiting for this and you wonder how they how they're going to top that uh with ramsey and they fucking do yeah you guys everyone should go watch that last scene mm-hmm. it's fucking good yeah
0: um but yeah i think that that wraps up the kid the runner-up mm-hmm. so without further ado let's talk about the, the goat, goat!
1: You know, usually we say the goat, this is the goat and it's not even close, but I think it was close. There's so many good Mm -hmm. episodes, the top, you know, the top five or 10, there's a lot of contenders, but in the end, this one has been our favorite for a long time. And on rewatch after rewatch, it stands the test of time. What's the episode, Micah? It is hard home season five, episode eight, hard home
0: great episode I can give you a quick recap of what happens um, that's right please do obviously it's centered around the epic battle of hard home but it starts Tyrion
1: becomes an advisor to Queen Daenerys mm-hmm. which is super yeah. exciting that's their first time meeting each other uh you meet Tyrion meets Danny in Marine uh yeah it's, yeah it's the scene where Uh, She's like, so you want to advise me? And he's like, I don't know if you're worthy of my service. And she's like, I could kill you. It's like, it's yeah, it's fucking. It's a fucking. It's a great scene.
0: How do I know you are who you say you are? If only I were otherwise. If you are Tyrion Lannister, why shouldn't I kill you to pay your family back for what it did to mine? You want revenge against the Lannisters? I killed my mother, Joanna Lannister, on the day I was born. I killed my father, Tywin Lannister, with a bolt to the heart. I am the greatest Lannister killer of our time. So I should welcome you into my service because you murdered members of your own family. Into your service? Your grace, we have only just met. It's too soon to know if you deserve my service. I think those scenes where Tyrion and Daenerys are talking are just so epic because they're both so like, they're both such good orators. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they just have like these very beautifully crafted conversations that I think are probably still based on the books and that's why they're good. Mm-hmm. Um but that's just an epic. See- I mean Tyrion is like a very you want you want Tyrion to be helping somebody that you also like the whole time and yeah. he finally like becomes on the side of good and it's just very Yeah. It's very satisfying. Um mm-hmm. and Sansa figures out that her brothers are still alive. Yeah. She has Minor that back plot. and forth
1: with uh theon slash reek which is an important
0: part for their their story too is to like become alliances once again
1: yeah there's a lot of like secrets in game of thrones that you just want like you as the audience know and you want your characters to know them too like you want john to know that he's the uh the rightful king and you want uh sansa to know that uh Bran and are alive. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the,
0: the reason this episode is so amazing is the Battle of Hardhome, where yeah. where John, I guess where John and everyone really encounter the dead in a battle for the first time. This is the first battle with the dead,
1: right? John goes um, beyond the wall with Tormund to to kind of like make an alliance with the wildlings to evacuate this the the town of Hardhome uh, to join the army of you know, living humans. Which is awesome because it's so central
0: to the entire Game of Thrones story. It's like a battle between the living and the dead. Um, That's right, yeah. And and part of the reason John is such an epic character is because he's able to make this allyship between the Wildlings um, and the Night's Watch who have been battling each other for years and years. But obviously the human existence trumps um, their their rivalry that's right um, and it just makes this episode super epic
1: it sure does so let us dive right in let's talk about the thrills how are those thrills? <laughs> thrills thrills are high we just talked about it the
0: battle at hard home mm-hmm. living dead john snow being john goat
1: yeah um john he basically proves over and over again why he's the goat in this episode i think one of the most thrilling moments uh is when like they're trying to they're tr- basically trying to get they're trying to evacuate the wildlings they're trying to get them all on the boats um but the the dead are like at the gates and they're about to break through and torment is like if if they die everyone's gonna die uh and john is like i'm gonna like i'm gonna go and like they make their stand uh and john yells uh Nights watch to me and fucking <laughs> charges up to the gates and it's fucking awesome
0: yeah, there's so many scenes where John has this speech too, where he's like, "It's not about, it's not about wildling versus crow. It's about like the living yeah. versus the dead," which gets overplayed eventually. But like, eventually, this is the but, first time he said, "This is the first yeah. time he really, uh, he he really starts saying it in like an inspirational way." And it's yeah. it's really fun to rewatch, definitely.
1: And that actually brings me to the chills because I think that hit the speech in the hut where they're like basically you know deciding on this alliance um and and john is like i'm not asking you to forget your dead i'll never forget mine it's like that speech is so stirring it may it just it over and over again this show makes you fall in love with uh john snow who's just like who's always trying to do the right thing and it's that's kind of the almost like the twist between him and Ned like Ned always did the honorable thing and Jon Snow sometimes does not do the honorable thing because he's always trying to do the right thing he has like a different kind of moral compass
0: right like Ned Stark probably wouldn't have made allies with the wildlings because yes yeah, because he's wasn't, like, like they're our
1: sworn enemy and like I don't break an oath right exactly but John Jon Snow yeah he kind of takes in new information he's like okay yeah. Basically, what Ned Stark learned uh, ten minutes before he died, Jon Snow knows. <laughs> um, and then the fills, the fills are are really high. I think that like Danny and Tyrion meeting, like these are two characters who, at this moment, you really believe in their like their smarts and their commitment to what's best for Westeros, and like you really do want them to to meet and bond and they have that like great little sparring back and forth but then like when they're drinking wine and in um like back in danny's uh chambers they they bond and you're like i don't know it's just it's what you've been waiting for yeah exactly um
0: and then uh, hard home too is just like i think battle of the bastards just to compare it is epic Mm -hmm. it's awesome like a force of evil versus a force of good but like living versus dead is the true force of like good and evil it's just like this really i think that's sort of the 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 most like the probably the coolest type of battle in game of thrones is like the living versus the dead the one true enemy
1: right and And this is that is that's like what makes that it's what's supposed to make people realize that like we're more united than you think like you don't you're not you shouldn't be fighting for like these flags or different families like there's just fucking zombies and we all have to band together if we're going to fight them which is great um which is really that's that's like the takeaway you know yeah exactly it's like the
0: like uh like every country on earth fighting for the environment Mm -hmm. like we're (laughs) all united against the fight of the environment
1: yeah we're all on the same page there um i also think that like the, the Battle of the Bastards is basically something that had to happen. Like Ramsey has uh, Winterfell. Like they, that it's always, it was always coming to that head. Hardhome is like the thing that they were doing there is trying to get as many people out as they could. Um, and John, like, has a choice on, on those docks. It's like, I can't, like, they're trying to convince him to get on a boat, to run. To just like flee, and John makes a choice to be like, no, like I'm going to fight. On I'm fighting for these people to give them more time, so we can save as many of them as as we can. Um, and it, that's like, again, just shows how heroic John is, and it makes you like, <laughs> fall in love with him. Oh God, it's so true. It was so good, and torment was torment is also great in that episode. Just God, yeah, nonstops, like. By the end, he was a caricature of himself. But in season five, he was still like funny sometimes and badass sometimes. When when he uh, kills the Lord of Bones, or the, what is what is the guy? Yeah, the Lord of Bones. I think his name in the book is like Rattleshirt or something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, when he's like basically won't let him through and then he just kills him. He's <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. let's gather the elders and let's talk. You and the Pretty Crow do a lot of talking, Dormat. And when you're done talking, do you get down on your knees and suck his cock? Gather the elders
1: and let's talk. <laughs> God, he's good. I love Torment. Um, yeah, everyone should go, go and rewatch that episode because it's so fucking good it
0: is it really is um that's it i think we i think we reviewed the best game of thrones
1: episodes i think we did too and you know clearly we're always down to talk thrones uh so <laughs> yeah. uh you know slide into this is the dance. longest
0: this is the longest we've ever had a conversation for
1: <laughs> yeah and I could still keep on going. I'm like cutting myself short. I could talk about hard home for a lot longer. It's so fucking good,
0: <laughs> yeah, I know there's gonna be things about it. I wish I said afterwards. um yeah but yeah, f- um, let us know what your favorite episodes of Game of Thrones are. yeah,
1: um, or if you liked the final season, <laughs> God don't do not if you like the final season, stay away from me and but you know if if there's anything that was fucking really epic about hard Home. Uh, that we forgot, please let us know because I'd, I'd always love to relive that episode. Uh, we are at Goat Show Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. We're also at Brothers Halcyon on Instagram where we're hawking keychains and we have some new products coming out, coming down the line. So give us a follow to stay up to date. That's right. Um,
0: yeah. And then I guess we'll see you next week. Toodles. Peace.